This is Real Talk with Coach Valerie Malone, your source of empowering ideas and actionable strategies for life, business, and leadership. Join your host, Valerie Malone, leadership coach and motivational speaker on a journey to unlocking your true potential. Hi, Silly. Thank you so much for taking time and being here with us today and my podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really pleased. Yes, yes. I'm so excited because this is one of my favorite, favorite topic to talk about. So you are a professional organizer with a two decade of experience. So we're going right. to go into detail of what that is. But for the listeners, please, um, and your own word, tell us what is that, what that is. Oh, absolutely. So I'm actually a certified professional organizer, which is slightly more um, exclusive. There are actually fewer than 400 of us worldwide, um, uh-huh. and we need to take an exam and continue our education with credits just like a CPA would, but I'm mm-hmm. called a CPO. So um, that means what's great about that is that I'm really always learning and trying to educate myself with new techniques and new ideas and new you know, ways to help teach people productivity. So, um, but really I just started my business as an organizer. And when I started my business in 2003 and told people I was an organizer, they, they said, oh, for what labor union? I'm like, oh no, pantries and closets, right? <laughs> really, it really wasn't a thing. It wasn't until <clears throat> kind of the, um, hoarding shows came on and then everybody thought I only worked with hoarders and that needs a very special person who has a very uh, special certification and I don't I've never worked with uh, people with hoarding disorder so it's it's interesting how now with Marie Kondo and the home edit now everybody finally understands what organizers are and kind of what they do so that makes my job a little bit easier for sure. That is amazing. That's amazing. I um, learned about organizers actually from social media, believe it or not. Right. I am. Yes, I'm very, very um, organized myself. I love organizing. It just, and it just, I don't know, for some reason it calms me down. I actually um, built a house. We moved to this new house. I have a, a uh, actually told the builder to build a room behind the kitchen and I'm going to make that my pantry. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So, so it's, it's, it's amazing to see people are becoming familiar with what you do and um, what organizing closets and home and pantry means, which is amazing that people are getting familiar with. So um, why did you become a professional organizer? That's such a great question. So it's actually one of the things um, that I realized, so we, I've had many different careers. I was a costume and set designer by education. I worked in high-end retail. I was a professional assistant. Um, And what I, I realized that the one thing that the thread that ran through all of those different careers was that I was organized, right? I could get a costume design on time and on budget. I could make sure that, um, whatever my professional, you know, my, the person I was assisting needed got done. And it wasn't because I was super clever. It was because I was organized, even in sales. I tracked my sales, you know, back in the nineties when people didn't really do that. And so I, when we, we actually lived in England for most of the nineties, when we moved back to America and my daughter went to kindergarten, I thought, well, 
what am I going to be? And so I looked into coaching, but I, and I hats off lots of respect because you guys need a lot of education and certificates. And I was not ready to commit to that, but in 2003, anybody, and still now, anybody can call themselves a professional organizer. And I thought, well, I can do that. I quickly realized that a successful professional organizer, it's not just about getting people organized, it's teaching people how to stay organized. And that is kind of the key difference. And so I always said it was a compliment when I got people to where they needed to be. And then I never heard from them again. Maybe like a couple of years later, they'd have another baby and they'd have to move things around. But it was always a compliment. I know if I didn't hear from them that I was actually doing my job right because I set them up for success. So all, uh, long story short, um, that's why I became a professional organizer so that I could still be a quote unquote stay-at-home mom from my daughter's perspective. I took her to school. I picked her up. I was able to take the day off to go to the zoo for, you know, the... Um, special event, but I didn't have, I was able to kind of define that business on my own. And I'm just so glad that I did because it also taught her what a successful female entrepreneur is, right? Oh, wow. I was sure. able to define my own work hours, my own billing, all of those things. So I didn't really realize what a benefit that would be. Um, but yeah, that's another great part about being a successful female entrepreneur. Love it. Love it. Yes. It's so amazing. Now, when you talk about entrepreneurial, it sounds so amazing. And our listeners, majority of our listeners are female that are either trying to uh, become an entrepreneur or they are entrepreneur. They want to scale up their business. So this is what really what this is about. And I have amazing people like yourself coming in and talk about that. So that part of it is really good because you're established. You, you knew what you wanted it. You had experience from before and you um, listen to your gut and then it just started it and then the benefit came in later not only for yourself but for your family and then financially as well so as you mentioned this entrepreneurial world is so amazing not only because of the you know profit that you're making and you're your own boss you're making your own time but also you know your daughter looking at you and saying that this is what it looks like to be in a successful entrepreneur and you know, all the benefit of it. But it's not all that when we start. So I would like you to tell us a little bit about what was the biggest obstacle that you had to overcome in order to be where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think so much of it is um, one's personal mindset and knowing that people will pay you for your expertise, right? Especially when it comes easily to us. I think, you know, for me, organizing was very easy. My mother was super organized. She taught me all of this. I didn't realize that people didn't have these skills. And, and I think that that's the, one of the biggest things that when I'm coaching new organizers now, mm. I, I, I'm like, do you, you know, I'll give them an example. I'm like, do you go, uh, do you have a, a personal trainer or do you go for an exercise class with a trainer? Oh yeah, all the time. Do you value that? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, we're like personal trainers for your stuff. And so don't discount how valuable, once people are organized and really have learned the skills, they save so much time, they save so much money. I mean, it's a super valuable thing. So that was one of the biggest obstacles in the beginning for me to realize that I could price myself where I was pretty much not giving my my skills away. And of course, the more 
I learned, and that's the other obstacle. When I started, it was very hard to learn about organizing. I just, all we could do was read books. I started an organizing book club. Every month we would read any organizing book we could get our hands on. Now we have our national association. There's an enormous amount of education available. So organizers now have it so much better off. There's so many people we can, you know, I would check books out of the library. I mean, there weren't there. Now we have social media. We could subscribe to dozens of different um, people's channels and see all kinds of techniques and learn from them. So I think that th that was for me was one of the biggest obstacles, knowing my value and worth and just getting the education that I needed. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And that's yep. and I would say that for everybody. Right. Right, because you started, you've been doing this for so long and yeah. now social media made it so much easier. And like I said, I learned a lot about, because it was not a thing at first, you know, right. I mean, I'm a dinosaur age, but I was like, for us, it was like, you, women do everything themselves, you know, whatever, like, like you said, personal trainer is somebody that is training you, this stuff came in later. So now they make it so enticing. Like, uh, I love TikTok when they put all these little things and they're showing it. So when people start a business, they think that, oh, it's all that easy. But even getting to that level of social media for people to recognize you is hard. So I'm a business mentor and I always tell my clients that starting to be an entrepreneur is a little rough at first. It's, 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 you know, it's not that easy. But if you're really passionate about it, if you really love what you do, and if you really believe in yourself, then people will slowly, slowly recognize you. And, 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 and I love the fact that you said you value yourself. And, and the prices that you chose, because that's the biggest thing that a lot of entrepreneurs are hesitant. They don't price themselves right, their services or their products, because either they're newcomers or they're like, what if somebody don't like it, right? Right. Or it just comes so easy for them. They can't imagine that somebody would pay them for something, you know, like people who love to cook. I, I'm happy to pay people to cook for me because I hate to cook. Right. And they love it. They're like, you'd pay me to make meal for you every Monday? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That is so uh, amazing. And it's, it's and we have to encourage people and youngsters too, like you said, with your daughter that uh, looking at you and saying that because before, you know, you have to the credential was so important. Right? right, you have to have a credential for everything. And I know you said that you have a certification and you went through school and all that stuff, but just um, the passion people have, you know, a lot of time kids have so much passion, but they're like, you know, we were taught to have credential, be if you're a doctor or a lawyer, this, those are the names that people recognize, right? right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think what's exciting is that now we have role models and we have people like you who can coach us. And also any starting anything, it's the J curve. And I remember somebody said this early on, right? You start at the one point, you dip down, but then if you can weather that dip, then it just goes skyrocketing right back up, just like the letter J. You know, you got to dip down. You got to invest a lot in the beginning in education and setting up your systems, your website, your coaches. You know, there's an investment at the very beginning, and sometimes it's hard to see. But once you you start going on that upward trajectory, it's like the sky's the limit. I think. Mm. 
and for you that was really important because uh since you are doing this for a long time mm-hmm. you started as actually going to people's home yes. and teaching them and then mm-hmm. now you transaction that to an online business an organized expert and educator so how is that for you tell us a little bit about that so yeah no thanks for asking i think that this is one of the most exciting things. And again, I'm I'm so lucky that I was born when I was, but now online education is the thing. And the pandemic, again, silver lining of the pandemic, now everybody understands that they can jump on a Zoom call. They can learn from somebody that doesn't have to be in their home. So I have, I've transitioned my business now entirely out of in-person organizing to doing online courses, classes, seminars, um, you know, eBooks. And I'm, what's beautiful about it is that I'm reaching so many more people who are really embracing the ideas. Cause I really have learned that the more you can simplify the better, right? So I've really broken down everything I teach to the most simple four-step solution, five, you know, five letter acronym to help remember. Because we've all lit we all live such busy lives, but yet we do crave this kind of organization. So I'm able to teach it to people worldwide. I've actually in my class, the paper cleanse, I've um taught people in America, in the UK, Canada, and Australia. So I've hit three continents so far, which is exciting wow. to me. So, um, and it's, you know, I was once limited by the people I could either drive or fly to, but now you can have me teach you in the comfort of your own home with your fuzzy slippers on. Um, And I'll be wearing my fuzzy slippers too. So (laughs) we like that. We like that. That's, that's amazing. Uh, So um, as we discussed, and like you said, that a lot of people will look at you like, okay, how do I pay organizer to do this? I can do this myself. Who are your clients? Which are the clients that you work with? Who are they? Yeah, no, that's great. So right now, my clients um, are very specifically older people, mostly women, but I have some male clients who I, I described them as their 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 families if they had them they're grown and flown right they're kind of 50 plus they um they identify just as identify myself i'm a digital dinosaur valerie i am so untech savvy it's crazy and i still like paper i like to touch paper you know you i i have to read it yes i need to see the words i think that and there's actually scientific um uh, findings that when you write something down in your own handwriting, like if you're filling out your to-do list or your daily calendar, it's much more powerful than typing it because mm. it's much more kinetic. It's much more physical. Anyway, so my client is somebody who really still defines themselves as a paper person. They're the people who print things out, you know, all the time. Now, I don't. my daughter, she's got a brand new job, high level. She doesn't even have a printer. She's like, mom, I don't print anything out. Yeah. To me, that's just kind of almost crazy, right? So that's my client. It's somebody who still loves paper, who still likes to highlight, um, but they recognize that they need to get that paper organized. And now their kids are out of the house. They're off at college. They might be kind of semi-retired and there's really no excuse, right? Mm. You've got the time you've got the money, you've got the motivation, you just are looking for a solution. So that's what I provide is the solution. Um, And my clients are just amazing. They've just been um, so they've gotten literally rid of 
tons of paper you know like they'll say i took my filing cabinet that had 50 inches of paper down to 10 i'm like that's an 80 percent reduction like you can measure it that's a measurable reduction they're like yeah i just never looked through it i never took the time to look through it and then once i did i realized you know that was a recipe from you know 1993 i'm like wow it's nearly 30 years old you know so. <laughs> wow no i totally agree with you i'm i'm the same way so every time i do a podcast or talk to a client i actually like physical pen yeah. and physical paper to to look at yeah. it and to write i don't know i just don't like i have a uh, ipad i can look at it and read the question all that stuff but i just don't like it i, I love the yeah. touch of the paper and everything yeah so um I know that you said uncluttering and, and organizing and all of that, that's all good and everything, but in some way, this is also really good when it comes to mindset, you know, when Absolutely. it comes to our, our um, thinking the way, because I hear, I remember uh, from a lot of my mentor and, and, and I remember from my, uh, my mom, you say, your outside represents your inside of who you are. Mm-hmm. So um, do you, do you actually think of that when you go to uh, teach somebody with their mindset as well? Are, are they, are they some of the clients coming in and saying that, you know, the clutter just makes me, because I, I tell you what, I have one client that actually said to me that I am so overwhelmed because this clutter, I can't take it anymore. I just wanted to change this room. The stupid couches over here, this papers are over here for so long. So it really affects your work and your personal life, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's so, yeah, my first um, module in my course is kind of a mindset. So I'm really saying, you know, who's going to help you? Why are you doing this? Where are you setting it up, right? A a great example is um, so many times people, especially because of pandemic and work from home, they just kind of wedged an office or a desk in the dark, cold basement. I'm like, no, if you're spending a lot of time there, you need to be where there's light. And so often people will end up on their dining room table and there's generally a reason. There's a big light above them. There's probably a nice window and, you know, we want to be where the other people are. So, so yeah, absolutely. Mindset is a huge component. And I do think that the energy, I don't teach Feng Shui, but I really do believe that if you're moving furniture around and clearing things up, I mean, that's a philosophy that's thousands of years old and it's really based on no clutter. This is, these are not new ideas. Minimalism is not a new idea, Mm -hmm. right? They recognize that you need to have clear surfaces so that you can clear your mind. Um, So the two do are so interconnected. Absolutely. Um, So yeah. So move some things around, change the energy up. Yeah. Um, Yes. Because I I actually, I know me, me and you were doing this this week and I had a coaching call with one of my clients and she was physically sick because her daughter's leaving for college. And you said, those are, those are your clients. And and it's funny that you mentioned as, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of her because she literally said to me about, I, I, I just can't stand this room. Boxes are everywhere. She's moving out. I'm 54 and I just wanted to redo my room. And it really psychologically matters when you feel that, uh, you know, that, that uncomfortable feeling that you're trapped in the house and you don't have to be harder to feel that way, but after a while it becomes that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, everybody has different levels of discomfort, 
right? Right. So, and you know, some people, you know, I've often seen this with couples. One will say, my husband doesn't even see that. He walks in the house with a mail, throws it on the ottoman. He doesn't even see it anymore. And it drives them crazy, right? So, so it is a matter of kind of what bothers you the most. But I, I do, I, I've seen so many people make such big changes in their lives once that they've cleared the clutter, organized the papers. They First of all, then they have an idea about their finances, right? Mm. If you never open your bank statement, if you're never, if you're getting late fees because you're not paying your bills on time, right? Once you've got a handle on that, then you're able to really look at things and make changes. Whatever those changes are, starting a business, retiring early, realizing you can travel or realizing that you can't travel that you know maybe this year you can't afford to travel it makes more sense to pay off those credit cards or whatever it is but sometimes you can't even start to look at making those decisions until you deal with the clutter to get the information in the first place mm, absolutely absolutely so like as an expert um like you said, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal back then. People didn't really recognize what organizer is or or used it. Uh, when your client comes in to you, how do they feel? How do we know that we need your services? How what does that look like? Right. So it's it's it, it's there's always a tipping point, right. right? And I find especially with getting organized people will take a long time to get to the tipping point. Okay. I've had, I, I had a client when I was working in person, say it was probably two years ago, pre-pandemic 2019. And they had an article about me that was written in the Washington Post, I think in 2005. It took them 14 years to finally call me, right? So it, it takes a long time but there is that tipping point when they're just like i'm ready and sometimes it's they're ready because they finally realize they have some time right if you're in the thick of caring for elderly parents or caring for children you, you put yourself on the back burner i always like to say you come first if this is important enough to you now's the time um and then the whole idea of once it's done i think we all feel this way it's like why did i wait so long yeah. That, it really wasn't that hard, but it, it seems insurmountable when you, if you have to do it your own, right? And we don't do anything in a vacuum. We have doulas and midwives to help us give birth. We have Sherpas to help us climb mountains, right? You, you always want to, if, if you're going to do it and do it right, you always want to ask if, for an expert we're starting a business let's go you know get a coach let's get a mentor let's look at for it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help it's a sign of strength to recognize okay. that you aren't the expert and what and i'm hoping i always volunteering i can't tell you so many of my clients are finally able because they found the time to give back and and uh, you know, a client of mine volunteers at a museum and she raises money and she, she couldn't do that before. She felt too overwhelmed, but now she's got the time to really pursue her passions because she's mm -hmm. not feeling nagged by her piles and her, her clutter. Right. So it really does free up people to do what they were meant to do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love that the fact that you said like, uh, if you think you need a help, it's not a sign of weakness, a sign of the strength because um every individual is good at something you know Absolutely. what you good at 
I have no idea. And I, right. I'm like, you know, I need help. So it's really that you studied, you spend your time, you did that. And then that's why you're expert in that particular field. So it's really not looking at it that way. Yeah. I hope people know that. And the fact that they're like, you know, like you said, there's a level of uncomfortability that you feel. And then now I need her and I need to learn how it is. So now I'm going to ask you, give us like a vision of like, what is there? Like, give us advice that if someone worked with you, how would that look like? What does that look like? They come to you and now you're doing it online. So the person does it themselves. How is that work? Give us like a little tip that we can take with us today and say, okay, I can do it. I can apply it to go to my closet or to go to my pantry or whatever the case may be. Right. So, so right now my focus is really helping people with their paper clutter. Cause that just seems to be the one okay. thing that um, is overwhelming people. So it's kind of twofold. One is a little bit of tough love. I'm kind of like, you're a grown up. You need to deal with it. You, it's not going to go away. The mail's still going to keep coming in. It's, it's, it's never ending. So now's the time. Don't, don't ignore it because it's, it's just part of being a grown up, right? So right. a little bit of tough love, go ahead and do it. And then just some practical advice. Like I, I call it a collection container. Okay. I don't expect you to open your mail every day. I don't open my mail every day, but I do it once a week okay. when I do my laundry. Like I have a maintenance day, right? It could be, you know, I call it Sunday sort. I, while my, I put my laundry in and I get out my collection container that has all of the papers that have collected all week long that, you know, and then I, get through them. And I always get through them before the laundry is done because it's easier to keep up than to catch up. Right. Mm. So, so I think that those are just two, two quick ideas. Get yourself a beautiful lidded box that can sit in your living room or wherever the mail comes in. So it isn't a hideous pile big enough that it can hold like, you know, a magazine or a newspaper right. and then just throw it all in there but promise yourself that you'll do it once a week and then reward yourself. It's so important to reward yourself. So I had a client who had a Pilates class that she loved to do. So she just set her alarm. She had to leave at 10 of 10 to get to Pilates. At 9 a.m., she would just do her sort. And the first couple of weeks, she didn't finish it. But once she got on top of it, she's like, Celie, I finished at 9.20. I had another half an hour before I had to leave for Pilot. I was like, what'd you do? She's like, I made myself a lovely cup of tea. I read the morning paper, right? Uh, so it's a simple thing. Like I don't check social media till I get through the things that I have to do. And mm. some days I don't get to check social media at all right. because I don't get through the things. But the days that I do, then I'll take 20 minutes and I'll go down the rabbit hole of my Instagram feed and, and because that's a, a fun reward. So mm -hmm. think about the small rewards, the cup of tea, the time with the phone call with a friend um, and for her Pilates class was her big reward every week. So if it can be something weekly, um, that's a great solution to, to really, start with. Yeah, to get started. Yeah. I'm surprised to hear, I, I, I love that you say, I feel like so relaxed now. To check your mail, you don't have to check your mail every day. You could do it. And I'm definitely going to use that laundry thing that you said. It's such a clever way of like put everything. And then while you put your laundry, just come back and check everything. Yeah. And then organize it and throw the stuff that you don't need and then take care of other stuff. 
Because exactly. a lot of people are the opposite. They're just so obsessed. They're like checking their mail every day and they're putting it all over the place. And then they come back tomorrow and that, that the one that they were supposed to do, they don't. I'm guilty of that. And, that's what <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like, what, what, what was I doing yesterday? <laughs> so it's really good idea to check and your mail once a week. I think so. I, I, that way it's not overwhelming, right? You don't right. have to... Uh, it, you know, if, but if you're keeping up with it, then bills will get paid on time. And people are like, oh, I pay all my bills online. I'm like, I guarantee you there's something that you don't remember, you know, life insurance that only comes every once a year, or every six months. And that's an especial one that you really don't want to let lapse in case somebody dies. So, mm -hmm. you know, until we, we will never be a paper-free society, Valerie. Remember when they said that, oh, we'll be paper-free. No, there's more paper now. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So. Every time I get a mail, I say to myself, what happened to that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you get all these ads and everything that they still people uh, send it to that. So um, for the people that are saying that, okay, uh, I don't use a lot of paper or every, I'm paying everything online. Mm -hmm. Do you like teach them that too? Or no, you're strictly with a, with a paper and then. Great question. Yeah. So my solution, the paper cleanse is not a digital solution. I'm not going to say, okay, go scan it or get everything electronic because it's not realistic. My client is generally somebody older. My student doesn't want, they don't, they might not even trust that it's going to work and they don't want to feel beholden. They would rather see their paper statement and check off and say, oh yeah, X, Y, Z, then have to go online. So it's definitely not a digital solution, but I have very, very clear steps to, to walk them through it, the, to make it easy. And it's a one month course. Um, they can watch the videos. And then what I give them, what I think is so important is twice a week, I do a live question and answer session. Mm. So they can ask me the questions so they, we can have this conversation and they can say, but I have this, what do I do with it? And we can talk through it because, um, it, it's, you know, we're all the same. We're all inundated with paper, but each of us needs kind of a customized solution. And that's why my system works because you customize it for yourself. What works for you, Valerie, as a business owner, isn't going to work for somebody who doesn't have a business. Right. What works for me with one child might not work for somebody who has five children. So we need to customize it for ourselves um, to, to really make it work. But once you have the system in place, it's, almost self-maintaining mm -hmm. you know the 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 freedom that you feel when you know you can get your hands on something is such a relief and that's kind of what i teach so yeah so um about your program i know you said you have a one-on-one program they join the program you also do one-on-one -on -one with them or just like they have to join program and you one-on-one -on -one is included to that how is how is your program yeah so it's um they join the program and it's um group coaching because so often the question that you ask is going to be the question that somebody else is going to ask and i do record those so people can go back and re re-watch them i do offer um uh discounted one-on-one -on -one coaching for people sometimes people don't want to talk in front of everybody, their personal mm -hmm. situation. Um, so I do offer that, but but it, that doesn't happen very often. Really, I feel the support that uh, my students get from each other. We have, uh, in each class, we have a really supportive Facebook group 
So people can post their before pictures, which is very difficult because you have to be very vulnerable, but then they can post their after pictures and everybody cheers them on. And it really, they're like, wow, if you can do that, so can I, right? Yeah. And so they really support each other. Sometimes if I haven't had a chance, somebody will ask a question. One of the other students will have answered it. They'll say, oh, this is what I did. This is what I bought. This, this really worked for me. And I'll go in. I'm like, well, my work here is done. You answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, that actually is like a community thing that everybody's yeah. sharing uh, uh, tips yeah. with each other, too, of what they. Um, uh, so is this con- continuing working with you? You said something about that. I My job, I know how I uh, did my job if they continue staying organized. Yes. So they yes. take class with you and then after that they're good or they still like need your help after a while? Or yeah, a so, bit? I mean, so far, so they have lifelong access to the class. Okay. So if they fall behind or if they're not able, you know, things happen. They might not be able to keep up for that entire month. They can always go on and they can always go back and watch the videos and get the essence of it. And I'm actually improving it and changing it, trying to make it as simple, you know, even simpler uh, as we go along. So, so that seems to be, now I've done it twice now. I've, I've seen to have people who have graduated and that's the other thing. Um, online classes, I think the completion rate is something like 4%. And I've had 30 to 40% of my students actually complete the course. And I think it's because they want to take advantage of me of being able to answer, ask questions and get answers from me during that month. And also the other students are, are encouraging each other. So it's just like, okay, take a month, you know, it's a few hours a week. They say that pretty much on average, I ask my students, they say they spend two to three hours a week, but that's what 30 minutes a day. If you break it down, it's really not overwhelming, but once you have it in place, you never have to redo it. You might have to tweak it a little bit, right? You get a new, um, you know, you buy a new car, you want to put a a new file folder in that says Honda, but you're not going to have to recreate the whole system. You know, so many of my students don't even have a system. So just starting with a system is such a great thing. Um, Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been wonderfully satisfying to see people make such amazing changes and just to, you know, to, that they've been freed up to to get get on with other things that they're not feeling nagged or that their other family members aren't nagging them right that they're not saying i love i love that that you say this is as as you're talking to me i'm listening to it and and this is also really good because they're learning how to do it they're not paying somebody to do it for them if that person goes and it's like oh shit now what do i do now i don't know so they actually this is so cool yes they learning with you with the community so yeah. uh and they can also teach their kids even yeah oh absolutely it is a long lasting solution i mean and i think that that's precisely right valerie because they're putting it into place themselves they're making the decisions and i'm empowering them to make the decisions right, right. the the first thing is what can we get rid of and and you know i always come back to where else could you find that information you know, and I realized this myself. 
like I had collected so much information about different places I might want to travel. Well, travel has changed a lot in the last few years, hasn't it? Right. right, right. So if I am going to take a vacation abroad, I'm going to do a whole new set of research about what's closed, what's open, what's available. Um, so I realized myself, oh, I'm not going to go back to my files. I'm going to go here to find that information. Um, you know, whereas... Uh, this is a great example. So I had a, a, a student who had just boxes and boxes of recipes. And when we talked through it, I was like, oh, you know, is this your hobby? I'm like, what, you know, and we, she realized that it, it was aspirational, that in the last few times she has entertained, she's actually a, catered the event. And she's because she can afford to cater the event and it freed her up to just enjoy the event. Right. Mm. And so she she realized that it wasn't about making the recipes. It was about entertaining and hosting her friends and family. Right. And once she made once she realized what those recipes represented and also that now it's a lot easier to say dinner party for six suggested menu right bingo we have these tools you know 20 years ago we didn't have that tool and a lot of these recipes were on yellowed newsprint back from you know a year that started with a one instead of a two so so just exploring the concept behind that a little bit i think really helped and then she was like oh well I, i'll just throw those all away yeah and once they're gone they're gone she didn't have to, you know, because this conversation started, she was like, well, how should I organize them? Should I organize them by event or by uh, entree and, you know, talking through this? And then by the end of this 15 minute conversation, she realized that she could really let them go. Wow. And so, so that was, so there's some real powerful breakthroughs people have. And that's wow. just one example. I would assume so. Yes, yes. I just love the idea that I have to learn myself and not depend on anybody because I know that, you know, we hire cleaners and we hire organizers, but once they go, you're like, okay, now I have to do it myself. So that is, that is, to me is very important yes. because also it's a knowledge, you know, you're yes. learning something new, even if you want to make it a hobby. Yep. Um, that's what it works. I am obsessed with organizing and I, 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 I'm so glad to meet you and talk about this with you in this podcast, because not only from the perspective of, like you said, how people think and how they're, you know, um, create their life and, and making time for other important things than to get overwhelmed with this. But also as an entrepreneur, I am so proud that you really just showing people that you can go after your purpose and then make it a business and make it profitable and make your kids and family proud of who you are without going through a lot of, uh, education and all that so thank you so much for being thank here you. with us and and sharing some amazing tips and telling us how important it is to organize everything absolutely thank you for having me valerie really truly such a great um a great time with you and just it's i i'm so inspired by other women such as yourself so yeah, absolutely. That. Absolutely. So definitely we have listeners um, to listen to you and also we have your information so they can contact you. And like you said, I love that the fact that you said um, it's like personal trainer. If you do need, go ahead, hire her and work with her because a lot of people don't know that how much time they save. Right. 
to do oh, other stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will definitely have you back because I'm sure we're going to get a lot of questions about this. Great. So yeah, we would love to have you back, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. It was a delight to be here. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've listened to Real Talk with your host, coach and speaker, Valerie Malone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also like Valerie's coaching packages and online programs available on her website, ValerieMalone.com. On her blog, you'll also find free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve the quality of your life and business. Take a look at ValerieMalone.com.